Welcome, everyone, to A Mexican and a Redneck Follow the World. We are your hosts and surrogate fathers, Juan and Ben. Today, we'll be discussing a child's perspective for getting through divorce. Yes, sir, mi amigo. Well, Ben, I'm pretty excited to hear this story because this is your story right here. It's a long and dusty trail. Man, let's... uh, So, what you got for us, Ben? I got, I got a little something. So, first of all, we're not big advocates for divorce. We We don't think you should get one, really. Maybe if a situation's dangerous, you can step away for a minute and find some safety till y'all can get some counseling. Nah, just buy a gun. Just buy a gun. Just buy a gun and just have a good old Mexican standoff. There you go. <laughs> or do that. There, there, you know, there's options. I mean, there's that Keenan Peel skit where, you know, they just the guns just point at each other the entire time and that's they live it. happily ever after. That's it. That's it. That's, that's you it. know, that's that's my Maybe advocacy that's, for a divorce. Maybe that's the way. Counseling <laughs> also helps too. <laughs> You can you can go get a third I, party to weigh in. I like the nuclear option. You okay. know, if it works for Russia and America, it can work for a marriage. Okay. <laughs> so there's one's perspectives as well. So you know, just figure out which one you like the best and go with it. But we're not we're not advocating for divorce at all. Um, we we kind of have the perspective. You got married for a reason. You you entered this covenant with your wife or your husband, and. You're there. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, good or bad, you, you might just have to be miserable for some time. And that, that's all there is to it. We have an episode that's called Don't Get Married because it's hard and it's going to force you to grow. And growing is hard. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, if you guys have listened to this podcast long enough, you know that we're actually big advocates of marriage, but proper marriage. And then as far as the, you know, you don't just get married because you're lonely or because, you know, it's going to be a good business proposition. You get married because you're supposed to be with that person and you're willing to commit for that person for the good and the bad, not just the good. Correct. Correct. And, and so this is this is uh, basically uh, we, we this following episode is going to be based on my perspective as a child who experienced the f- effects of his parents divorce. So I kind of had to reach back into the deep, dark recesses of my child mind and and you know pull a few things out and and discuss them you know and and we all know divorce happens for many different reasons some are extreme and dangerous situations all divorces have their own specific details that make them unique but when children are involved there's still some common things a parent can do to help their child through the divorce and you got to remember the children are already suffering terribly so you need to keep these following suggestions in your mind before you make things worse because you've, you've already gotten the divorce. Like, it's final. The, the ink's dried. The lawyers probably still aren't paid because <laughs> you'll go broke in a divorce, in case you're wondering. It's an expensive process. Um, but, you know, the, the impact has happened in your child's mind. And what this list is for it's not for you, the parent. You, you already did your part. You've had your, 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 your part to play as far as your choices. This is to help you help your child get through it a little easier. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like I said, it's just my perspective. So from, from this, I guess we're going to be going into a lot of things, that, these things that you wish would have happened to you as a, as a young man, as a child going through, going through the process of divorce. Right. Some of the things I wished would have happened and some of them are things that my parents did get right and did do right. Okay, good. And and I've I've seen this from friends and stuff whose parents have also gotten divorced, but a lot of it's pretty much just what I observed in my little twelve year old mind. <laughs> um so for my number one thing you can do to to help your child out 
is be willing to answer your child's questions and communicate the truth. That talk to your kids, man. That's that's one of our big things here. Is you need to talk to your kid. That's yeah. That's regardless of whether you're divorced or not. I mean, you need to have communication with your kids daily. Yeah, yeah. It's they're little sponges, and a lot of times I think we think, oh, they don't understand, but they understand a whole lot more than we actually give them credit for. Oh yeah. I can remember personally understanding more than what people would give me credit for like no i understand where you're exactly where you're coming from right and and so it's good to communicate but when you're communicating because they're going to ask you about the divorce you know why why is dad not here anymore and you know depending on their age they'll word it differently why is mom not here anymore why do we have to spend christmas apart whatever it may be you know be respectful of your ex don't take it as an opportunity to dog talk your ex. My, my parents are pretty good about being respectful. I, I'll give them credit on that one, you know, and, and don't just be respectful, but consider your child's age and their perception of the world. So if you've got an eight year old saying, you know, why is daddy not here anymore? Mommy don't say, well, he's a dirty dog and he sleeps with everything in sight. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> Reel that anger in, <laughs> save that for your friends, save that for your your family, when when your child's not around, but don't just let all your anger out on your kid. Okay, that's so so. Be willing to talk to them and communicate, but just don't unload all the anger at once. Let me ask you a question. Okay, and I don't want to get too off the off the rails, but this is just a question that came up. When your parents went through the divorce, did that bring up any fear in you that wait, if mom and dad can divorce, does that mean that they can unadopt me or get rid of me too? Um, or how old were you when you happened? I was like 12 okay, when so they split and so like 14 when they, I think, officially were divorced. Okay. So you were a little older, so you weren't... I, n- I never had much... Like, it, it doesn't make you think, oh, they'll just put me up for adoption or something. That never happened. No. Not at, at the age of 12. I mean, you feel alone and confused... Like on that first day when they separate, you're like, wait, this is a really new, different thing. But no, it. I never thought they were going to give me up. They made it clear they still loved me and my sister. That was very, <laughs> that was very well done by them. You know, props you, to my I, parents. I love how you said that. Me and my sister. And my sister. <laughs> Sorry, Erica. I love you. <laughs> no. No, they they made it clear that they still really loved us and cared for us a lot. They did do uh, do us a solid on that. And that there's another tip. We didn't write it down, but thanks for bringing it up. Let your kids know you still love them and care about them a lot. It's just you and your spouse couldn't figure things out. Make that make that clear to them that you love them. Uh So so the next tip would be um Remember that the things you once loved about your ex, the thing that drew you in, the thing that made you go, oh, that person's so charming. Oh, I can't stop thinking about him. Oh, I want to get married to him. Because there was a time when you wanted to marry this person. Uh, Your child still loves that about your ex. That's still a draw for them. And and you and your spouse grew apart. Uh, The child probably still loves both of you, believe it or not. And so... That, that charm that he had or that, that fun, playful attitude that she had, your child still loves that about your spouse. So 
don't just dog talk them. And, and a lot of this is don't dog talk your, your ex, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a really important thing. Your, your child still is in love with both of you. They still want you to be their parents. And y'all have got a great new frontier to figure out. But just be mindful that you can't go around saying, oh, he always blah, 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 blah. Because you can't go around bad talking him, you know. Um, uh, another thing is be mindful of your tone. <laughs> that's, that's a hard one to suppress when you're angry about anything. I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to suppress when you're in a divorce situation because you got the kid and they're constantly asking you questions, you know, but you got to have self-control because the child is probably the only true victim in this situation. You know, you, you and your, even if your spouse did something terrible at some point, you and your spouse did agree to that marriage at the beginning. Y'all wanted each other. Y'all wanted this to happen. Then y'all wanted kids. Then y'all wanted all the stuff that came with it. And then for some reason, Y'all decided that you didn't want it anymore, and you you quit. And it's, you know, the tone, the way you say things, you know. Well, he wasn't as good as you think he is, or blah, 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 or she, or she always did this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can just say, yeah, your mom always left a mess, or your father always spent too much money. You can say it that plainly, but when you add all that tone, that inflection, that anger, and, and a lot of this is just be mindful of you projecting your anger onto your children. You know, that's, that's kind of the, did you, um, the take. Did you experience that quite a bit as far as like, were you with your dad? Did you remind him of your mom and, or did your vice versa? I mean, you could tell. I, I observed that, especially when it was fresh, it was still present on their mind. But, like, you know that you are the tie to your parent. Now, I, I think my parents had enough, like, like, they saw us for who we were as kids. We weren't just the result of a failed marriage. Hmm. Like, I do need to clarify that. I think my parents really loved us and saw us as individuals and, and pursued us and treated us as such. But at the same time, as a kid, I found myself doing stuff like guarding my conversation. So I'm not going to bring up dad in front of mom. And it took years and years before I could do that comfortably. Or I'm not going to bring up mom in front of dad, vice versa. You know, I'm not going to talk about these extended family members on my mom's side in front of my dad because who knows what might get said. It, you know, not necessarily good or bad. It's just like, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. We're having a good day. The last thing I want to bring up is his failed marriage, you know, his mistake, or, or the same with my mom. You know, I, I, there would be things I would want to talk about at times, but I just wouldn't bring it up because we were having a good day and I didn't want to discuss it. And, and that, was, that was a lot of my uh, just kind of flight attitude that I had as a person where I didn't want to discuss it. Now I probably would bring stuff up <laughs> because I'm a lot more bold and direct. And in my realizing how short my time on earth is, I have no problem saying whatever if I think it needs to be said. But 
Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little lost in it. This, if y'all haven't figured out, it might be Ben's therapy session that you're hearing. It is. <laughs> this is a, uh, we're, we, we started doing this podcast, Ben, and I thought, I was like, oh, we're going to be going into some uh, uh, hidden corners in your heart that need roots. to be, they might need to get some healing. You know, it's like uh, you expose it, you expose that wound to air, and it's like, oh, it's healed. Oh, no, wait, it's still a little bit raw. It's so. got, there's, there's, there's probably a little more energy in the room than usual. Not yeah. as calm as before. Yeah. Um. So, and then I made a few... Uh, uh, a list of, of daily things recently divorced parents can do to make the situation a little less traumatic for their child. Um, and, and before I read this, you got to remember your child is suffering. And if you're not respecting your ex, you are taking your anger out on the child. Then you're really going to be hurting your future relationship with your child. Like that's something you got to be mindful of before I read this list of daily things to do because you got to really discipline yourself and, and kind of put your anger away with your ex when you're around your kids. And, and I'm sure that's hard to do because you're probably dealing with a lot of hurt, but as a parent, you got to be the ultimate comforter and guide for your kid. Um, so don't spend all your post divorce days trying to get the child on your side because um, it will not work, and the child will have more confusion and anger to deal with as they age. So here, here's this, this list speaking to that statement I, j I just said. Um, so, again, don't speak badly about the other parent. When you do this, you're putting the anger on the child. Y you really need to have respect for your spouse more than you've ever had, arguably, before. You know, it's, it is a very critical time between you and your child's relationship because you've already destroyed your marriage, and that's a big hit to the child. So now you need to be very mindful. Even if your spouse is dog-talking you and saying all the worst things, your kid's coming back and telling you the worst lies you've ever heard about yourself, you need to have a conversation about how it's true or it's not true. Own up to it if it's true. It could be a good bonding opportunity. Let your child see that you're just a person too with a lot of problems. But, but you don't need to turn around and talk bad about your ex. The child's hurting enough. You still need to be loving. You need to think about that child more than yourself in that moment. Um, don't openly discuss the terms of the divorce in front of your children. <laughs> like they don't really want to relive what's happening if if you can help it at least i didn't and like i said this is all my perspective it's nothing else but figured hey if i can remember and bring it back to the surface maybe it can help some people who are going through this you know and even if you're whispering to your friends and you think the child can't hear they probably can hear some of it <laughs> you know you're probably not whispering that quietly you're getting excited you're getting loud they can hear so so just just wait till your kids aren't around to discuss that with your best friend or family member or whatever can i ask you a question yes okay did you realize how much you were hurting during the process when your parents were going through a divorce and looking back are you able to see your hurt and be like wow that was really i thought i was handling it well but i can tell I was really hurting here or I actually handled this really well or did your parents know how much you were hurting 
Just numb and confused. Like that would be the best two quick words. It's like the the impact of what happened was was just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it you get hit with this just wave, if you will, of just chaos and emotion and and you talk about a paradigm shift, you know. It's you're completely wrecked and all of your foundations because you have to understand the marriage is where the child has come from. And I was fortunate. I was fortunate. You know, my parents got married and we had a very nice, wonderful uh, uh, life together, upbringing. Things were great. And then unfortunately, my dad, he got injured at work and got he was one of those people who got a uh, prescribed Oxycontins cause they were supposed to not be addictive. Yeah. And they became addictive lo and behold. And then he developed an issue. And so up until about eight or nine, maybe 10, I guess about around the age of nine or 10, I noticed something was very different with my dad and he was injured around the age when I was around the age of seven. So around the age of nine or 10, I started knowing his behavior was really different from how it used to be when I was littler, just more distant, more secretive, more reserved. And then around the age of 12, he was just something completely different from what I remember him establishing at the foundations of my life, you know, those first seven years. And, and so by the age of 12, he's very different. So those foundations are completely just shot. You know, and you're like, oh, and you're so overwhelmed and hurting. So I didn't think I handled it well. It, it just, it wasn't a thing for me to, to really, like, how do you, how do you handle that when you're 12 and you never handled it before? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people get divorces, but the way it happened, it was just like so much of your support system is wrecked. You know, you're, you're. Your parents' friends are picking sides, and and naturally they might you know your mom's friends might might like your mom more, and your dad's friends might like your dad more. You know it's just the way it is. But your family, you notice a split at family get-togethers. No one's asking about your mom on your dad's side. No one's asking about your dad on your mom's side. And if they are, you're kind of confused and wondering why, because you almost expect there to be a natural divide, you know, it, it's just real strange and weird things like that. And, and it's not that they're unnatural because when you have a a divide like that, people naturally take sides. It just is what it is. But no, I did not handle it. Well, (laughs) it took a lot of growing up before I was able to, what I think fully get through it, you know, if you could go back and you tell yourself something or tell your dad something, what would be the one thing you'd be like, other than telling your dad, hey, please don't get a divorce. Um, what would you be like? Hey, all right, you got a divorce. Make sure you do this with Ben. Well, stop using drugs would probably be one thing I would tell my dad. If he wasn't using drugs, though, and maybe it was one of those, um, what's that stupid term they use? Irreconcilable differences. Have you heard that one? Oh, you talking about the people use when they get divorced? Irreconcilable differences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
that's the term they use in mm-hmm. the paperwork. And, and it's like, well, we just couldn't get along. And I was like, no shit. Yeah, obviously. You're a man. She's a woman. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Marriage is hard. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there is listening to that. You're not. It's not designed to be easy. Right. Completely different. Oil and vinegar. If you, you're right. You have to shake it really hard <laughs> for them to mix. <laughs> and you have to keep on shaking it for them to stay mixed. That's what marriage is. That's Oil and vinegar. And, and you have to shake all the time. I agree with that. <laughs> Anyways. Well... You know, I, I was telling you earlier, I heard a quote by uh, the psychologist, Dr. Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. and he, and I don't know if he came up with it or if he heard it somewhere, but... He probably heard it from me. Probably heard it. He's probably listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. He's our Canadian listener. Yep. And he was just like, oh, I've got to gotta repeat that. But if, if you think divorce is an option, you probably weren't married to begin with. I was like, that's a great thought. Because I just say, well, one of us isn't getting out of this alive. That's what I literally told my wife that. I go back to the Mexican standoff, you know? Right. It's like, one of us has got to die to get out of this Nuclear option. It's like, hey. And I told her that before we got married. I told my wife that one of us is not getting out of this alive. I just, you can figure that out however you want to, but I'm here for the long haul. I need you here. And I, I made sure she understood, till death do us part. And she was like, okay, I'm in. I'm like, good. You better mean it because I don't want to go and experience what I had to experience under my parents' leadership, you know, again, but as a parent mm-hmm. or an adult. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't. I don't think I handled it well. I, a lot of repression, suppression, where you just kind of push the emotions down and then they turn into problems later. But what was, is there something that you wish your, da- your dad would have done better to oh help dad. you? handle that better because obviously you're 12 years old your your emotional capacity that's when you're developing heck your frontal lobe is dying you, you can't even think properly until you're about 25 so that, talk about a horrible time for it to go through a divorce i don't know because i shut down so hard like my natural response was to recess within myself and just kind of and just lost a flavor for life i don't know how else to say it mm. And, and so things he could have done differently at the age of 12, I don't, I don't know. Maybe establish routines, like more routines, been more active in our lives, encouraged us to get involved in sports, but then participate with us to some capacity, which I know he had some health issues, but going to practice with me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would have been huge. Uh, driving, you know, you know, playing with me between practices and games if if I was in a sport, uh, you know, like practicing or something. Uh, just being more intentional as a whole because the harsh reality that I experienced was everybody kind of got overwhelmed and shut down and went off to their own little worlds. I know my mom would try. She tried to be intentional. And, and do things. And that was helpful, you know, uh, with holidays or, or uh, maybe taking us out to eat somewhere and having like a fun family evening type thing, board games, that kind of stuff. But 
But yeah, dads, be more intentional. Okay, this is another question I got, and it might be a little bit hard, Ben, because I'm even trying to figure out how to frame it. As far as men, we're designed to grab it. We, we, we need a man to teach us how to be a man. And the big thing that we desire more than love is respect. So in order for you to respect your father, you have to see him respect the people that you love, a.k.a. your mom. Did you have you ever thought about that? How you dealt with that when you saw the man that you're supposed to respect, disrespect your mom, which is the woman that he's supposed to love? I don't know if it makes sense. How did that impact you? And that might be a big question. We may not, you know, we that's just that's probably like a whole nother episode. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I've never really thought about it in that way. I don't know. I got a lot of my ability on how to respect people from reading the Bible a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I was not a very respectful person at the core. Like I might've been polite because that's just kind of the Southern thing to do. Mm -hmm. But like as a teenager, I enjoyed being disrespectful to people. I was a smart aleck at times. And I would be polite to some people, but after a while I would just like, oh, I'm going to blow you off. And I'd be disrespectful for no reason. Just because I enjoyed the rise I got out of people. So I don't, I don't think I garnered the ability to respect people very much from my dad, unfortunately. Mm. Like the, the, at times, yes, but other times that those repressed emotions would come out and, and, and the, the hurt and confusion would be so much, it would be time to be a little jerk, you know, and, and go push someone else's buttons or get a rise out of someone because I'm feeling a rise and I didn't handle it properly and I didn't know what to do with it. So I was like, well, I'm feeling this way. Let me chase those feelings and let them be my leader, you know? And when you're a pissed off, crazy teenager anyways, you know, full of insecurity and, and unkept and undealt with emotions, you're, you're going to go and, and poke the bear, so to speak. So, no, I don't, I don't think it went until I started going to, to church and I kind of found Christianity is when I finally started learning respect, you know? seeing the men in church and the way they treated their wives and or maybe family members who had been married for years and years and never got divorced seeing the way they treated each other that that helped me understand respect between a man and a woman in a marriage but no I and I do have memories from when I was a child that that was established because like I said I was a little older but but it was kind of like this wonderful childhood and then this really bad late childhood into teenage years as far as seeing what a marriage looks like. So it, there's a lot of, well, these things were good, but then the marriage failed. So where's the truth? Mm. You know, you know, Mm -hmm. so the, the truth, the foundations had been, shaken and even lost at times 
Yeah, I would imagine so. That see, that's the one thing I'm I'm thinking here, and I'm like, how do you, as a young man, how do you handle that? How do you? And maybe the and obviously this will probably be more of a uh, a follow up podcast that we'll do as far as how do you handle that when your foundation, that pillar of respect that is supposed to be imparted onto you, because a man's word is supposed to be his bond. So when a man says, I'm going to do this, but then that man that says, I'm going to do this, betrays you, it's not just a, like, oh, he didn't follow through. But there's something that broke, and there's almost a mistrust becomes towards that man. And it's something as big as divorce. I would imagine that that would cause a big mistrust between you and your dad or even your and yourself to be like, um, why should I follow through when he didn't follow through? Yeah, that's a good point. Anyways... Let's close it out. We'll have to talk more about that in the second <laughs> podcast because that's going to be another hour or so. Sure, sure. Uh, anyway, what's your final thought? I mean, just just what I've been saying. I mean, we we went off on a couple of tangents, but just you know, like I said, your child's suffering, and and you got to help them walk through that suffering, and ignore your hurt. Your suffering too, yes. But that's not your child's burden to bear. That's your burden to bear. You made that bed. You sleep in it. And don't project it onto your children. Because you created that marriage. Then you created that child. Then you created the divorce. The child's still just the victim. So you need to hold their hand. And you need to be strong, comforting, loving. And help rebuild what you, you've destroyed. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad thing and hard thing to say and hear, I'm sure. And, and I, you know, I, I hate that this episode even has to exi- exist at all. But you got to remember, that kid's in a ton of pain. And, and they didn't do anything to deserve it. So just, just be there for your kid. Talk to them. Walk them through it. Love them. And, and, and be there for them. And thank you for listening to a Mexican and a redneck father of the world. We love you and we're proud of you.